Thank you for being back in your house. Once again, found working on one of your programs. Father, we ask now that you remove Mark from the equation and all they hear is your word. Father, we ask that you remove Mark and all they see and hear is Jesus. Father, we know there's a word from you. We ask that you open hearts and minds to be receptive to that word. We thank you for everything that you do. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Let me first thank my pastor for allowing me the opportunity to stand in the pulpit once again. To everyone who's watching, listening, or viewing, God is good. If you'll journey with me to Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, starting at verse 10, and we'll read through 13. And this is how my Bible reads. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. I, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Just want to take a moment and talk about contentment and confinement. Contentment and confinement. My favorite service of the year is watch night service. If you don't know, watch night service is our New Year's Eve service where our service ends just after midnight. I love watch night service because it is rooted in African-American tradition where enslaved people stolen from Africa, set up on January, waiting for January 1st, 1863 to strike. Freedom. I like watch night service because everybody comes in with a reason for worship and expectation from worship. Everybody who comes in is either thanking God for the year that they had or they are praising God that their last year won't be like the next year. Everybody shows up with praise on their lips or gratitude in their heart. And this is why I love watch night service. Yet on December 31st, 2019, no one expected the year 2020 to be what it is. No one expected a pandemic. 2020 has brought hardships financially, grief with lost loved ones. Yet through it all, 
God still sits high and looks low. Now, we have people at home with their jobs. We have kids going through school lessons on Zoom in makeshift offices. 2020 has changed the way we have done things. Yet, we have social distance. We don't see our loved ones as much, but we cannot overlook the grief that people have. We have been isolated, confined, quarantined, and I have found that being in confinement is not just about a location. Sometimes confinement is limiting ideas, past hurts, anxiety, low self-esteem, clout chasing, poverty, drugs, alcohol, and social media. And this is where we find Paul. Paul is in prison, confined, and isolated. Paul, Paul was isolated because he was moved from home to prison. Paul was waiting on Nero to appear before Nero. The church in Philippi was worried about Paul because Paul was facing execution. Yet, Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians about joy. Paul is in prison writing to the church in Philippi about joy. Paul is thanking the church for their gift that they sent, but Paul is also teaching them how to have contentment. So our strength comes from God, so we rely on him completely. That's the whole sermon right there. Rejoice in the Lord now. This is Paul's first lesson on contentment. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. What Paul is saying is he was glad that in the Lord that the church in Philippi had some concern for him. He could have just thanked them for the, the gift, but Paul Thank them just for having concern for him. It gives me reason to say that even though Paul was confined and isolated in the prison cell, Paul still was able to rejoice. So you can still rejoice in confinement. Paul previously told them in verse 4, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. So Paul is simply practicing what he preaches. But Paul is saying that his joy is rooted in the Lord. Paul isn't content with the situation that he's in. Paul is content because he has the Lord. So even when there's nothing else, Paul found a reason to rejoice. Ronald Reagan used to tell this story of 
parents who had two kids and the parents were worried because the kids were total pessimists. One was a total pessimist and one was a total optimist. So they took the kids to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist figured they would treat the pessimist first. So they took the pessimist into a room filled with toys and the pessimist broke down crying and the psychiatrist was confused. Well, why are you crying? Don't you want to play with the toys? Yes, but I might break them. They could use toys. I might have to read a manual. So the psychiatrist was confused. So, well, I'll try to reach the optimist. So I'll try to lower his optimism. So the psychiatrist takes the optimist into a room filled with manure and expecting the optimist to turn up his nose. The optimist screamed in joy that the psychiatrist expected the pessimist to. And then they turned and looked and the optimist is climbing on the manure, scooping it out, digging. The psychiatrist is confused. Why are you digging in the manure? Well, with all this manure in here, there must be a pony. And this is where we find Paul. When whatever life gives you, we must believe that there is a pony. So whenever life gives you a room full of manure and manure happens, we must look for the pony. But we must find gratitude in all rooms. I have found that negativity and gratitude cannot coexist in the same space. So we wake up and say thank, thank you God for waking me up. We thank God for our meals, and those are easy circumstances. But I have found that in my toughest seasons that I need to find three things to wake up to gratitude for, and then at night I find three more things just to be grateful for. Now, it might be something small that somebody opened a door for me on my way into a restaurant. It could be something big like a family member was healed from COVID but I find something to be grateful for. I have found that the hardest thing and the most essential thing to do in our most painful situations is to find something to be grateful for. You lose a lo loved one, don't focus on the time that you will lose, focus on the time that you had. You lost your job, don't focus on the loss of the job, but focus on the opportunity to pivot to your passion. COVID-19 has changed where we worship. Right now we are live streaming and the church is not as full as we would want it to be. But COVID-19 has moved worship from the church into the house. 
COVID-19 has forced some churches that would never go online to go online. So now there are people who would never have been reached before being reached now. Sometimes we just have to find the pony in the manure. Now that we have rejoiced in the Lord, we remember our past experience. Lesson two, remember your past experience to have contentment in confinement. Paul writes, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. But Paul is saying he, he wanted to clear some things up with the church in Philippi. First, he told them, yes, I, I know you were concerned for me before, and it's been a while, and you just didn't have the opportunity. That is the first thing that he clears up. The second thing is Paul is clearing up that it is not about the money that he is grateful for. Paul is not worried about God's provision. So Paul is saying that his past experience has taught him to be content. The word that Paul used for content means self-sufficient. It is typically a word that Stoics use to say that they are going to control their emotions. But Paul isn't talking about controlling his emotions. What Paul is saying is, I am self-sufficient because I am God-dependent. Paul says, I know what it's like to be humbled. And I know what it's like to have stuff. Paul remembers being humbled on the road to Damascus when he saw a light and he fell to the ground and he could not see for three days. Paul knows what it's like to thrive as a tent maker. Paul knows what it's like to be in painful situations and to have a thorn in the flesh that God won't take away. Paul knows what it's like for God to say no. Paul also knows what it's like when people are healing the sick with handkerchiefs that he just touched. Paul knows what it's like to be humbled and to thrive. Malcolm Gladwell suggests that Farmers want to know the sex of a chicken early in order to know how to take care of them. So knowing whether a chicken is male or female helps the farmer to know how to deal with feed and raise the chickens. And the people who separate the chickens, their job, they are called chicken sexers. And chicken sexers have a job where they have to be taught. It is not something that you can just know. So in order to train as a chicken sexer, 
the novice chicken sexer walks to, to the conveyor belt and there's an expert with him and the chicken sexer grabs the chicken to identify it and separate it and whenever the novice gets it wrong, the expert hits the novice on the arm. And it takes about a year before they're even 90% accurate. And it takes even longer for them to hit expert at 98% accurate. And many people think that is their intuition that helps them to know what to do. And I, I argue that it is their experience that helps them to know how to separate the chickens. So what Paul is saying is whenever you are separating whatever life puts on your conveyor belt to separate it as content. Now, you may not get it right at first. You may need some practice, but whatever comes up, you have to separate it as content. Got more month than money? Content. Hungry? Content. Bills paid? Content. Quarantining? Content. Healthy? Content. Social distancing? Content. Tired? Content. Energized? Content. Married? Content. Divorced? Content. Single? Content. So whatever comes up, Paul is saying, be content. So God's past performance will help us through our present problems. In other words, look where he brought you from. If I look back over my life, I can see all the ways that God has kept me and brought me through. And sometimes you can't look back over your life. You got to look back over somebody else's life. If you can't find somebody in your vicinity, maybe you look through your Bible and look what he did for Moses. Look what he did for the three Hebrew boys. Look what he did for Daniel in the lion's den. Look what he did for blind Bartimaeus. And if you don't know those stories, maybe you look at Mama Nim. Maybe you look at your ancestors and look how we went from picking cotton to picking presidents. It is our past experiences that help us through. Maybe you look at Salem that started in the 1800s that's live streaming on the internet in 2020. So after remembering how God has brought you through, rely on Christ always. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What Paul is saying is it doesn't matter what I will face. I already know that anything that I've been through 
or anything that I can go through is already at God's feet. So the learned here is different from the learned in the previous verse. The previous verse learned is just simply I learn through experience. But this learn is with religious mystery. So what Paul is saying is I've learned how to be content because of my relationship with God. So because I know God will take care of all, I don't have to worry about anything. So I've learned that if I can control something, I don't have to worry about it. And I've learned that if I can't control something, I don't have to worry about it. So Paul is in prison. He's not worried about God's provision. He knows that even though I'm in prison, God still has everything. Doesn't matter if I'm facing plenty or hunger, abundance or need. God's got it. Even in prison, facing execution, Paul is saying that I am blessed and highly favored. I know you're thinking, preacher, how can he be blessed and highly favored in prison facing execution? Well, I know we, we usually say we're blessed and highly favored when things are going well, when we just bought a house, when we've got the new car, when we got a job that we weren't qualified to get, when the cupboards are full, when everything is going well, we like to think that we are blessed and highly favored. But I like to submit to you that we are blessed and highly favored when we are in our adversity. Job, when he lost everything, was blessed and highly favored. Joseph, when he was thrown in the pit, he was blessed and highly favored. Daniel, when he was thrown in the den of lions, he was blessed and highly favored. David wrote that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Then he wrote that it was good that I was afflicted. David recognized that there is a correlation between being righteous and afflicted. So being blessed and highly favored simply means that I have the reassurance of whatever circumstance I am that God has my back and I can be content. That is being blessed and highly favored. Then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is one of those verses that I worry that we have a meme theology for. So with COVID-19, there have been disinformation agendas with 
different for U.S. citizens. And it doesn't matter what your political leaning is. There are people with agendas that want to give out this information. Now, a meme is something that's shared on the Internet. It's typically a picture. It might have some text on it. But those memes that have been most effective in their disinformation campaign have been memes that have some kernel of truth. So in this, we must avoid those kernel, those different information memes. In the same way, we must avoid meme theology. Yes, the text does say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But Paul put a limit on all. So the limit is through whatever situation that I'm in, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul did not say I can beat LeBron in basketball through him who strengthens me. Paul did not say I cannot get a speeding ticket through him who strengthens me. Paul didn't say I can keep my side piece a secret through him who strengthens me. There is a limit to all. And, and I know you're saying, preacher, it can't be a limit to all, but we live in the U.S., and there's been a limit on all since its inception. We believe that all men are created equal. All has not always included a certain hue of people as the image of God. Or all lives matter. If you looked at the U.S. without context, you would think that equality was here from the beginning. If you looked at the U.S. without context, you would think that all lives included black lives, and that is why we affirm that black lives matter. All does not mean all. All does not mean everything. All does not mean anything. But Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me because Paul has a relationship with God. How do you have a relationship with God? It's the easiest part of the sermon. You talk to God daily by reading your Bible. You listen to God daily by reading your Bible. You talk to God daily, always by praying. That's how you have a relationship with God. But how do you have strength? When you're confined, when the situation is bleak, you feel like giving up, you're facing eviction, your refrigerator's empty, you lost loved ones where you couldn't even be in the hospital by their bedside. When you've got nothing left and you're ready to throw in the towel, how are you content when it looks 
so dark and bleak. You can have strength through him. Who is the him that Paul is talking about? Paul is talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Paul is talking about the him who was born of a virgin. Paul is talking about the him who raised the dead. Paul is talking about the him who put the stars in the sky and put the water on the earth. Paul is talking about him who healed the sick, made the blind see. Paul is talking about Jesus Christ. Our strength comes from God, so we must rely on him completely. To have contentment and confinement, we have to rejoice in the Lord now. We have to remember our past experience and we have to rely on Christ always. If you need that strength today, we offer you Jesus Christ to be savior of your life. If you're watching on YouTube, listening to a podcast, wherever you might be right now, you are not alone. You might feel isolated. You might feel confined. But the worst thing the devil tries to pull on us is to make us an island. If you don't have a church family, Salem is a great family to be in. Get in touch with the church office, or if you know another Bible-believing church, go there. It's not about membership. It is about your soul. Jesus your choice wherever you are today you can make a decision to make Jesus your choice we thank God for the word of God that's been spoken today and so this is your opportunity if the word has pricked your heart today we can we admonish you to yield your life and your will to God if you don't know him there's no better place to be than in God's will there's no place no uh, better family to be a part of than the family of Christ. 
to the family of God, not necessarily just this church family, but the church, uh, the family of God universally. And so if that's a decision that you've made today, we ask, uh, like uh, Reverend Mark has already told us, call the church office, get in touch with us, um, and we will make sure that, you, that if this is not the place that you want to be, that we will send you and make sure you get into a good Bible-believing church so that you can extend your love, uh, uh, express your love, and then get in a good church where you can continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of God. Amen. So we thank God for the word of God today. We thank God for the word of God today. We thank God for the man of God that preached the word today for us, contentment and confinement. We thank God for that timely, timely, timely word. And we thank God for Brother Mark. We pray that God will continue to bless you and keep you and that he will restore you. Uh, just a couple of announcements. We wanted to reiterate from last week, our Youth and Child of the Month. So you can see those pictures. Um, our Youth of the Month for the month of October was Cheyenne Miller. And our Miss Cheyenne, we thank God for her. And our Child of the Month was Joshua Jenkins. So we want to always make sure that we continue to encourage our children. Amen. Brother Joshua and Sister Cheyenne Miller. We do have an, uh, an additional baptism candidate today that's going to be baptized. Brother Wayne Sims is here. and He's going to be baptized. Praise God. One of our young people. Come and let, let, let them see you, Wayne. <laughs> Come, they can't see you over there. <laughs> stand right there and wave at the people. It's one of our young people. We thank God that God continues to add to our church family. And so we're going to prepare uh, Brother Wayne for baptism just shortly. So we thank God for you. Thank God for our pastor. You can have a seat, baby. Um, thank God for our pastor in his absence. Pray that you would just continue to pray for them. Uh, he's uh, taking First Lady away just for some rest and some restoration. So we pray that you guys would just pray for them as they recover and as they rest, that God would give them safe travels and um, that we would just continue to uh, carry on and, and follow him as he directs. Um, I think that's it. Don't forget to uh, give your offerings. We have three ways that, uh, that uh, we can give. We give on Givelify, the church, the, uh, the app. You can mail your um, tithe and your offerings into the church office uh, via the post office box, or you can drop it by the church Tuesdays through Fridays. And all of that information is on our website, www.thechurchwithzeal.org. Well, it's time to go. We praise God for you worshiping with us. We thank you for your patience. 
um, with us this morning as we experience technical difficulties. We always have a, the best plan laid out, but we don't control uh, technical things. So we just thank you for your patience. As we continue to grow in this process, we thank God for the dream team that just continues to make things happen. We thank you for their diligence and their commitment to making sure that we can come together and study and uh, study as well as worship together each Sunday. Amen. Amen. Let us stand. You stand where you are, and we'll uh, continue, uh, continue to um, encourage and pray for each other. Reach out to those who you haven't seen in a while. Just make sure people are okay, um, and we'll just continue to do what God has called us to do. Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church. <laughs> 